Hello everyone, this is your host KK. I'm super excited to let you know that I've launched my first book called Why Me First. It's available on Amazon.com. I'm putting the link in the show notes. Click the link, grab your copy today. There is a free gift for everyone inside the book. May I also request you to please leave me a review. That would mean the world to me. Thank you so much. Imagine celebrating your success going on holidays, having bonfire on the beach with your loved ones. Unfortunately, most entrepreneurs experience burnout within the first year. But what is it that makes others succeed? I'm your host, Tajal Khurana. Call me KK. Join me as we have fireside chats with experts who have insider secrets around how to rest, rejuvenate, recharge and be Bonfire Entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome back to Be Bonfire Entrepreneurs. This is your host Kajol Kurana. You can call me KK. Our guest today has been in the integrated marketing space for 12 years and has worked and lived in Singapore and Thailand. He runs In The Loop a digital marketing agency based in Singapore, helping SMBs accelerate their business online through digital marketing and creative strategy. He's also created Singapore's iconic wellness festival, Soul Space, grown a community of 12,000 people and co-founded a yoga retail brand and sold the business in 2018. And he is Mark Das. Welcome to our show, Mark. Good morning, Kajal. Thank you so much for having me here. Pleasure. Good morning. For the first time, I have somebody in Singapore. (laughs) In the same time zone, I'm interviewing someone. It's so, so nice to get in touch with you, Mark. Tell me, it's a pleasure being here. Yeah, it's a nice uh, sunny morning for the two of us here, even though it's on circuit breaker and we're home. It's uh, it's, uh, it's a great day today and I'm uh, very uh, happy to be here on this uh, podcast to be on your channel here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So Mark, tell our listeners about your journey, how you became an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think to be honest, it, start, it, it started when I was probably like seven years old. So when I, when, I was a, when I was a kid in primary school, what I used to do is uh, we used to, I used to have very little pocket money, right? My parents were not very rich. Uh, we're not very, um, you know, typical uh, lower middle class sort of family. And um, so I had to always find ways to like save. So I was very good at Saving. So what I had an addiction to was Archie comics. What I used to do when I was when I was young was that I used to read a lot of Archie comics, which had no intellectual growth whatsoever. But I used to rent them. So I used to rent Archie comics to my uh, to my classmates, and then I used to so they, I used to get extra cash for that, right? So fifty cents here, a dollar here, and that's how. So it was always in me to try and do something. So I used to sell erasers. I used to sell small things. So that the whole idea of business or just trying to hustle just to get some cash. I think started very early and that was in it for me. So moving on to my career, I was in the food business for a while. So I worked with uh, my friend's dad. We started a food chain just for one small cafe and that grew to nine outlets. You know, and we did about 5.5 billion in sales within three years. So that really kind of got me into operations and marketing and learning really about how do you actually start businesses. And then one too many Food tastings later, I was like, okay, it's time to get into the health and wellness space. Uh, I had a lot of people that were just like me. We were trying to connect, but there was no single space to connect. This was almost six years ago, right? Start of social media and so on. And I started a Facebook page. 
And then what I realized was that there were a lot of people like me, but there was no actual one digital space for us to connect. And so I said, hey, let's do something. And then I started a Facebook page. And I started doing very small events. And then I decided to leave my job in the, in the, in the food space and leave that side of the journey and move into the wellness space and uh, take it from there. So we started helping ourselves. I had to help myself figure out how do you market your own business effectively at low cost and be able to drive income from that. And as I was doing it, we got better at it. We went from really small 20-person events. We created a festival uh, which sees about 2,000 people attending it each time. And that grew from like 400 people to 2,000 people in a, in a matter of three years. Uh, and it was because, yeah, so it was, it was really about community building, understanding marketing, understanding how people work. And then that's how my journey started. And because we were really good at bringing people to an event and we were really good at marketing people uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the space, like business owners, like gym owners, studio, studio owners, uh, were like, hey, could you help me with my marketing? And then that's when we started making it a business. And then that's, that's when we started transitioning from content into becoming an agency. That's been the last three years. Awesome. It's, yeah. You started at the age of seven. That was so yeah. inspiring. Oh my God, you would <laughs> rent out Archie books to your <laughs> friends. Yeah. I was like, I was still not able to, you know, like digest it. So I was waiting for yeah. you to finish. I was like, that's yeah. so interesting, really. And then moving from food industry to wellness yeah. to now uh, digital marketing space. I mean, yeah. you have jumped industries. I'm sure it wasn't yeah. easy. So what were your challenges? Yeah. The consistency, my, when, when I, my first job when I first started was setting up Singapore's first vehicle conversion workshop that converted cars from fuel or gave it was alternative fuel. So it allowed cars to run both on compressed natural gas, which is an alternative fuel, and petrol. And the, the company that I was with was, 200, it was a 200-year-old company with about 100 staff, but I was the second person that was hired within that department. And it was only five of us, and we had to figure out. So I had to go and figure out how to create a car workshop a vehicle workshop and nobody in the team knew it. And we had to hire people to do that. And I had to figure out how do you even market this new alternative fuel, which I have absolutely zero background in coming out fresh out of university. And so what those journeys, what those journeys helped me understand is that I was really passionate about business. I was really passionate about marketing. I, I just love it. I like sales. I like sales. I like marketing. I like figuring out why people like to buy. How do I get someone to buy? How do I make sure that they are happy when they have bought that product? And that's been consistent across all the industries. So I've been in alternative fuels. I've been in food and beverage. I had my own retail business selling uh, yoga accessories, mats and blocks, B2B, B2C. And it's basically the format and the structure of how you deal with human beings is almost the same. The vehicle might change. The vehicle might change. I mean, there was no social media when I was doing uh, car workshops for fuel, right? Back then, you could charge people $2,000 Singapore dollars or 1000 Singapore dollars to set up a Facebook page. <laughs> right back, back then you could you could do that and then you get onto google uh google, then uh, get into sem and then seo and, and you start you start figuring things out you know the channel may change and the media may change one day it's google one day it's facebook and now it's tiktok right so the channel may change but the formula doesn't really change that much the psychology may change but the bike and how you perform what triggers human beings driving value understanding your consumers those those things don't change they stay they stay pretty much eternal along the customer and the buying process, but the mediums may change. I think getting, being adaptive was definitely one of the things that I had to be, I had to be adaptive. I also had to be, also had to learn how to adjust to changing markets, changing products. And I think that just comes with, comes with the nature of just getting into it, you know, less, not too much on the theory side, but more about just doing it and figuring it out. Yeah. yeah I think people get 
really worked up with uh, ever evolving technology. I do yeah. because I'm not a technical savvy person. So sometimes I get worked up if I have to do something technical. So I find somebody to do it for me, you know, outsource yeah. it. If I have the resources, that saves my time to focus on other things, which I am. Exactly. You know, that's so smart, right? You outsource what you don't want to spend too much time on and focus on your strengths. Yeah, that's smart. So what's your passion? What, what is it that one thing which keeps driving you? I really like to just help people. I just like helping people and I'm very client oriented. I'm very similar driven at the same time. I like to market products. I like to create you know, when we created the festival, the reason why I created the yoga festival, the wellness festival, Soulscape, was because I'm passionate and keen about raising the consciousness of the planet. And how do we create a more conscious and aware society? Because it's in my belief that if we do, everything else will really kind of fall in place. How people treat each other, how we market things, how society works in general. And I think that leads to a stronger society. So my passion is really about how, how can we grow consciousness? How can we grow mindfulness around the world, right? The vehicle that I was using to do that was my festival and putting out content around that. So what drives me is really human interaction. And I just love marketing and the space of marketing and business very much. And I, if I can combine those two things together, then, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm grateful every day. You know, I have a gratitude practice in the morning and I do my meditation. And I just realized like, it's a simple thing in life that really, if you can find satisfaction in that, every day it's can be a good so day. so interesting. Yeah. When you're yeah. saying all these things, I'm like, oh my God, this is so me. I'm a health yeah. and wellness <laughs> trainer, coach. And I help yeah. people do all these things. So it's so interesting coming from an entrepreneur that you're already doing all these things and you like the health and wellness space. And the one thing you really said, which is very interesting, that we need to raise our consciousness. And yeah. I think this COVID-19 is also teaching us a big lesson now to most oh, yeah. related to our health yeah. our mindset, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And I think what you are doing is going to be very valuable for people more so now in this time and and after this, helping them uh, get yeah. through this tough time, but also building up that resilience to potentially wading through this new norm, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's all in the mind, you know. The sooner we accept the change, the better it gets for us. Because we struggle with our thoughts and our emotions, you know, we don't want to accept it. That's where all this trauma and negativity and fear sets in. So I'm trying my best to create an impact and help people as much as possible with their mindset, with their health. So I always tell people it's not one size fit all, right? So I normally don't like generalizing things. I would talk to my clients, understand their lifestyle and see how easy it will be for them to adapt transformational changes. What's your take on this? Because there are a lot of people and I'm sure you are also into health and wellness. People package things and sell it to the whole world. I agree with you. It's not one size fits all. I think, you know, even when it comes to meditation and audio, it's just, just break it down real simply into types of meditation, sound, techniques, male voice versus female voice. Everyone has a, has a different modalities that you can use and different things are packaged. Yes. And I think the commodification of meditation has definitely happened. Become a billion dollar business, I think in the last three years, and before that it wasn't, right? So I think it shows two things. One is that there's growth and there's demand, which is great to see. Secondly, I think consumers need to just be more aware of themselves by the, of what's out there and choose wisely. That goes across saying anything. When it comes to mindfulness and meditation, it's interesting to see how that's become more of a commodity, but it's also heartening to see that, yes, there is an awakening 
the world is changing now. People are getting more conscious. People are getting more aware. Not everything is as what it seems. And people are getting more in tuned into themselves and tuned into what's going on and the frequencies that are happening right around them. So I think it's, I think it's very interesting. I think we live in a, in a good space. I think if the intention is correct, that's the key, right? If, if you go out with the right intention, you aim to affect people in a positive way and create change, that, that's beautiful. So true. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Let me, let me just get my <laughs> computer just plugged in real quick. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, tell me. So, okay. uh, Mark, uh, because yep. you're into marketing and uh, strategic yep. planning, some people yep. struggle with it. And like we discussed earlier, technology is always changing, you know. So, how can people keep up with ever-evolving technology? Uh, that's a great question. How can people keep up with ever-evolving technology? I think the first thing is to not be afraid of it. So I can illustrate this from two points, right? One is the, or not be afraid of it. And the other thing is also don't get too enamored with it. So I can illustrate this with two points. One, if you take my mom and my aunt, right? 74, 75 years old, respectively, right? And I, every, every year, every other year, when a new iPhone is out, I, almost every two years, I make sure that they get something new. Right. right. It's a very small thing, but they are resist they were they were resistant, you know, about this changing to this new iPhone. We're talking about iPhone four, iPhone five, iPhone four, iPhone five, six. Back then they were already like, Why, why, why do I need this? Right. And I said, Mom, you've got to try and stay a little bit more relevant and if it's, that just means getting used to a phone and an iPad, I'm gonna get it for you and let you try. Because they're fixed, right? There's there's that fear. Like with technology, what well, I'm gonna buy things online with my credit card no it's not safe you know so it's changing that mindset and just showing people i think that's one thing so breaking down the fear is one the second thing is on the other side with entrepreneurs where we have the shiny object syndrome ah, yeah. yes <laughs> new technology tell me about new, it <laughs> yeah new ai technology new software that's going to optimize my marketing new mm. everything right crm software optimization database i think i think a lot of this is useful no doubt because just like you said just now, you want to outsource some of the tech so that you can save time. And technology really helps us save time in many ways so that you can focus on the core of your business and what you're really good at. Right. And what one of the things that are important to you, right? Um, that's the only way or what, that creates efficiency within your business to allow you to grow, to allow you to scale, and also to track what you're doing, right? So I think the, techno the, the technology aspect is definitely going to be there and we're growing. It's not going to stop. It's about, I think, how you approach it and whether it's A, serving the need for you and your objective, be assessing whether it's actually creating more efficiency or is it creating more redundancy in the business and what you are doing. And C is, is uh, don't forget the human aspect. There's always, there's always beautiful tech out there that can help, but there's always somebody else behind it that needs to push the button. Even if you're reducing your head count because, oh, and you're, and you're saving time, somebody still needs to push the button and still needs to run that, uh, that piece of software that you have and get used to it, right? So I think not, not being of it and just using it and trying it so sometimes with our clients we've we I mean, currently have a client that we've gone to three different crm softwares right and partially it's because business owner whoa i think this is good let's try this and we're like you know let, i think we should slow the breakdown are you sure you want to do this let's compare so do a proper comparison model before you switch over sometimes uh, business owners like to switch real fast and for us we can sometimes be stuck in a place where we're like okay business owner wants this and then the other side of us is, well, we haven't tried it. So should we try it? And B, we don't know if it's going to break something. So we go, we, we're caught in that balance. And I think just approaching it with a mindset of try. If it doesn't work, cut it back. What's the stop loss of this? How do we revert? 
what's the risk on what's the risk on this how much time is it going to take and how much is it going to cost us you you balance it out we we balance it out based on those three things and then we and then we adopt right and yeah. what about the entrepreneurs who are trying to do everything themselves because they don't want to spend money or they don't have resources and they want to learn then they fail then it's overwhelming and then they are burning out you know yeah what advice would you want to give those entrepreneurs i think what you said was was all those all those things are actually part of the journey it really depends where you are in that life cycle if you're if you're starting whether you're starting early 3 4 years i mean i had to i mean i still work like crazy right i mean even at the start we were just hustling it's all about getting that sales in and distribution and being very being just very conscious and mindful of yourself i don't think the hustle actually stops the reality is that if you you're doing this so that you don't have to work at a job because it's not you right that's why you choose this we choose this for different reasons to make an impact on the world for freedom for satisfaction to further a mission that we want and it's going to be it's going to be a hard journey and it's going to be tough but there are so many ways to make it beautiful and exciting and a no doesn't mean that you failed and a failure doesn't mean you actually failed because you learned and that you figured out faster right so that's why they say fail fast so it's okay to fail because it's all part of the learning journey anyway mm-hmm. uh and that actually makes you stronger more resilient in, in in the long run i think in terms of what you said about avoiding burnout i think that is something that warrants more attention because this is a this is a marathon right and so 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 is life and you want it to be nice and long and, and enjoyable and enjoy the journey along the way so have a have a practice and have a routine what do you do for your morning practice your physical practice and your mental practice your mind and your intelligence either work against you or they work for you and you have to decide whether it's worthwhile investing 10 minutes a day 20 minutes a day to build that that mental capacity that mental resilience and your and your own emotion emotional stability and decide like if that's important to you okay then then do something about it so beautiful i think you put it in a beautiful way and uh, i just want to you know emphasize on one thing guys yeah. if you're new like especially to our listeners if you're a new entrepreneur there are going to be hardships it's not a piece of cake don't compare yourselves to people who have already been successful everyone had their own roadblocks sometimes they learn from it people who are constantly moving forward without you know giving up become successful so most of the entrepreneurs need to accept this reality that it's not easy and it takes time don't expect success overnight you know if somebody yeah. is telling you they can teach you how to make money in 60 days or 90 days or 30 days they are not authentic nobody can make uh, you can probably make few hundred dollars but not you know million dollars in 30 days or 60 yeah. days you'll have to put in your energy your time your efforts and consistency am i right mark uh, totally 100% i agree with you easy sure. cool so uh, tell uh, give our listeners one piece of advice what would you advise entrepreneurs if you have to give them one piece of advice okay so one piece of advice i would say especially for those who are starting up and are early is know the difference between advice and opinion wow say that again <laughs> <laughs> so know the difference between advice and opinion. Everyone has an opinion, normal and natural, and they may come from a good space, but you have to know whether it's advice or whether it's opinion. Opinion can come from the mind, it can I mean obviously it's a it can be a concept, it can be something that you've seen, whereas advice has been tried and tested and they have done it before. That's why they can give you that advice. 
first of, first of all, dissect and know what the difference between advice and opinion is. And when you take it in, make sure that you take it in and assimilate it for your objective, goal, mission. And if that orients to what you do, then you action upon it. That's so amazing, man. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Tell our listeners three marketing strategies, best marketing strategies they can adapt on. Marketing hacks. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big question on a strategy. Um, I'm sure it varies from industry to industry yeah, and, you know, yeah. a size I, of business. Maybe I, let's talk about, let's talk about three tips of fundamental, uh, three things that they should always, uh, that you can kind of focus on that's, that's fundamental, right? Sure. And maybe, maybe let, let me throw in there what I'm doing that might, that might actually help in terms of the strategy. So sure. I know it sounds boring and I know some of the marketers also don't like to hear this, but it's so real. Number one, know your customer and drill down into that audience persona real deep and build it out. If you don't know that customer, and you don't know who you're serving, it's going to be hard to really adapt. Okay. And you can't be selling to everyone. That means you're selling to like billions of people around the world. No, it doesn't make sense. There is a particular person or type or group or community that loves your product and will love your product or service. Know who they are first. Right. Secondly, secondly, when thinking of a strategy, like you said, you asked about strategy, right? I always ask new people or not new people, you know, new people, new entrepreneurs, or people are starting new businesses. This one question, where do you get the first 100? Mm, Focus on getting the first 100 paying customers minus your family and your friends. Okay? Mm -hmm. Think about how you're going to reach the first 100. And when you do, come back to point one and really go down, go dig deep and find out what what takes them, what moves them, what gender, what interests, what likes, what dislikes, why they chose you and why they didn't choose someone else. Okay? So those two points are connected. The third thing I would say is to think about an offline, online strategy. Human, yes, if you're fully into e-commerce, I totally get that. You're selling e-commerce products, you're selling mice, uh, earbuds, you know, bottles, flower pots, whatever it is, right? Um, you're selling that online, you don't really have an offline component. But when you do have an offline component, that is going to be so key to sealing in the deal with your customers. So what I'm talking about is, are you building a community around you? Are you building the first 100, the first 200? How are you taking care of your customers as part of your sales journey? That is a real strategy. That's, that's my space. I like helping the people, other businesses that are in the service space because at the end of the day, you're selling to human beings and human beings like to connect. And when you can get them connected and integrated into your product and your service and, they can, and you can speak to them, speak with them direct, that bond actually forms and that's going to really steal in for you that long-term brand, right? That's what the brand is about. The brand is not just your logo and your brand identity around it, right? It's really, it's really what people are saying when you are not around, what people say about your product and your service when you are not there, right? In the absence of that, you don't, anyone can come in and copy you. So build in a very strong, uh, understand your audience very well, know that persona, make sure that, you're, make sure that you're engaging with them and try and build in your brand on the offline strategy and keep them very close to you because that's going to lead to a lot more repeat sales that's going to lead to a lot more word of mouth. It's going to lead to a lot more expansion and growth for you guys. So yeah, those are the, those are the, the things that I would do. And that's how I would uh, approach it from a strategy point. I think it's amazing. I like the last part, the human touch. That's what is missing, uh, you know, big time in most of the brands, the human touch that will yeah. connect you to your customers and bring them back to you again and again. Amazing. Yeah. So Mark, uh, we are running out of time now. 
Okay. Before we say bye, please tell our listeners where can they find you in case they want to get in touch with you. Awesome. Please look me up on Facebook on Marcus or LinkedIn M A R C T A S S. If you want to find out more about our company in the loop Asia, go to www.intheloop.asia. Amazing. I'm going to put those uh, links in our show notes so our yeah. listeners can copy paste and get in touch with you because you said it very fast. Matas. <laughs> <It's> like, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Look, look, look out for me. Matas. Yeah. That's me. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'd love to chat. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. And guys, he's amazing. He knows a lot of marketing stuff. I mean, of course, uh, he is an inspiration because he started uh, his entrepreneurial journey when he was seven years. Can you imagine, uh, you know, renting out comics to his friends, then moving from food industry to fitness and he did not mention during this show, he was also a TV host. Yeah. So maybe we'll have another episode on that, Mark. But yeah. today, uh, get inspired from him. Even if you want to change industries, if you're passionate about doing something, go dive deep into it, find help. You know, you can succeed. There's nothing that can stop you if you have passion and if you really want to do it. Thank you so much, Mark. There was amazing information you shared with us and I hope our audience will love listening to this episode and can learn a lot from you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great morning. Pleasure to be here. You too. Take care, everyone. Bye, Kajal. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Do you know, fragrance remains in the hands that gives rose. Would you please share this episode with your entrepreneur friends so we can help each other escape burnout, increase productivity and achieve our goals faster. Also, let me know what topics you want me to cover in our future episodes at info at bodymindsolution.com. Would you please take a moment to rate and review this show? That would mean the world to me. And yes, don't forget to subscribe. This is your host, KK. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.